So Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 28 through verse number 30. The scripture says, <clears throat> Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Father, we thank you today that we can uh, come to you, and that we can approach you, and that we can fellowship with you, that we can uh, bend our knee and bow our heart before you. We pray that as we seek you today, that you would speak to us that you would help us, that you would strengthen us and encourage us and show us things in your wonderful truth that would uh, refresh our spirits, that as we uh, journey with you and serve with you, that, that we can do it in singleness of mind and heart and that we can do it with a delight and joy in our so we just give you the praise and the glory, believing you're going to speak to us and anticipate our great things. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as I, I read this passage, and Jesus is trying to help us with this idea of rest and what that means, I, I have a, a few things that I just want to pull out of this. We see them in these words, come, take, and learn. And what I, what I glean out of that is that he's helping us recognize that rest doesn't come from rest. It comes from these three things that we see here. One, answering this invitation to an intimate walk with him. Two, that we appropriate this invitation to be intentional in taking his yoke. And three, applying uh, the instructions that he gives us as we walk with him. And rest is found in answering, appropriating, and applying the things that Jesus wants to, to give us. Because I know you know as well as I do, uh, our, our bodies need physical rest, no doubt. There is a design of God. God has said that men shall work six days and on the seventh day they need to rest. There needs to be a recovery period for all of us physically. But even with physical rest we understand that rest doesn't necessarily come even though we've been well rested physically and Jesus wants to help us that it's more about having rest within our soul within our mind that actually true rest comes to the person when we can rest in him so rest doesn't come from rest it comes from Jesus and we've got to learn that and that'll help us in our journey with him where he starts off with actually an, an imperative. You know, oftentimes commands uh, create tension. A command. The scriptures talk about how the law, a command, principles, when we, when we try to uh, fulfill a command, they often create tension in our lives. But this command is an imperative to, to come hither now. Come unto me. Come unto the person. You see, they were dealing with in their day a pharisaical type system that wouldn't say find rest or come to the person of the Godhead. It would tell you to do something. You need to do something. You need to do. You need to do. You need to do. 
And that creates trouble within our spirit and tension with us rather than uh, coming hither unto the Lord in the person, the person of Jesus Christ. And he qualifies it in two ways. He says, come unto me, all ye that are that labor. The word labor means to toil. It means to be weary from toil, uh, from a laborsome toil and are loaded down with a burden and I will give you rest. Those that are weary in spirit, physically, spiritually, from the law, from work, from whatever it is. He doesn't give us no specific idea. He says if you're weary in any form or fashion, if you're loaded with a burden in any kind of way, come to me. Come to me. Answer that invitation. If we want to have rest, true rest, Rest that empowers, rest that refreshes, you got to come to Jesus. Amen. It's an invitation of trust in Him, is what it all boils down to. When He says, Come to me, He's saying, Trust me. Come to me. Place your confidence in me. Seek me. Trust me. If you're weary of any form or fashion, I will ease of that weariness when you come to me. The word refresh or the word rest literally means to, to ease. Jesus has a way of easing us or serving us to a point that we get refreshment from him. A sense of ease. Have you ever been around somebody that was nervous? And they, they communicated to you in a sense of nervousness. They was worried all the time. And, and they'll wear you out. If you ever get around somebody like that that's just got a little tension in their own life, maybe you go to their house and they, they serving you and going to bless you and they got a meal prepared for you, but they just anxious and nervous about everything they're doing. People, we can't serve folks if we have tension in our spirits and in our lives. And what Jesus wants to help us with is that when we get in his presence, he, when we trust him, he wants to ease us, not ease us from work, because he's going to tell us in a moment that we're to take a yoke. That means work, do something for him. But what he does is that he eases our mind when we come to him and trust him. Something supernatural takes place in the life of the individual that simply trusts the Lord and takes him at his word. God grants to us peace when we trust him. Peace means a singleness, a wholeness. It, it, it means that, that we can just be at ease in his presence. It means that we can be at ease with the task that is before us. That we can just rest and be refreshed and quickened and revived by him. Simply by trusting him. That, that when we trust him, righteousness begins to work in our life to settle us, to calm us down from what is before us or what's behind us. It eases us of guilt and shame because we are in the presence of the one who is, is good. Uh, we looked at it in Sunday school. Our God is good. He is merciful. He's ready to forgive. He's quick to forgive. And He is abundant in mercy. And when you're in the presence of that, it can't help but ease your mind of all other difficulties and troubles in life and that weariness that seems to come upon you. Do you ever find yourself just weary? Unsettled in your spirit? Disturbed? Anxious about things? Things that are coming, things that you've done, things you have, things you don't have? Just anxious 
unsettled and just weary in this journey. Well, anytime you ever find yourself there, you have just remember Jesus gives you an invitation to come to me. But you got to answer it. It's not enough just to know he gives the invitation. You've got to come to him. Amen. Come and sit at his feet. Come and praise him and give him glory and honor him. And, and he'll ease your troubled spirit. He's promised us that. I know he will. He does it for me. And I know he's done it for you in the past as well. Well, the, the, the invitation is always open. Come to me. And you'll find rest. Turn to Isaiah chapter 32. Notice what happens when we come to Jesus. Isaiah 32 gives us a picture of what, what does take place when we do come to him and what goes to work for us. We've looked and examined these passages before, but this is what happens. Isaiah 32 in verse number 17. It's neat that when we in the presence, you ever just been in the presence of people that just put you at ease? They, they, they didn't, you weren't threatened by them. Uh, you weren't troubled by them. Uh, they, they were going to feed you. You didn't, have to, you didn't have to entertain them or feed them. You know how it is when sometimes you're around uh, certain people, they just, they'll, they'll zap all the strength out of you. You know, they just steady pulling stuff out. They, they troubled some in spirit and troubled in heart, and, and they want to counsel with you or talk with you. And they just live in a, a life of misery, even though their circumstances may not call for it, but it's how they're looking at it, how they're thinking about it, how they're processing it. And, and you try to help them, and when you help them, they always got a but, you know, but this, but that, what about this, what about that. There's just so much tension going on with them. They just trouble, trouble, troubled people. I mean, we encounter, I don't know about you, but I encounter people that like that on a regular basis. And we, as the people of God, as the servants of the Most High, if we find ourselves in that case, in that situation, we, we have an answer. We have an invitation to trust Jesus, to come to him. And he'll calm us. He'll set us at ease that we become a usable vessel rather than a bloodsucker. Nobody, you don't want to be a bloodsucker, old leech, do you? You think you ever been one? All of us can be at times, no doubt. That we're needy. You ever been around since so you come back? There's been times I've, I've, I've been with people and I encounter them out in the street and I talk and I, I share with Stephanie about what, what I was trying to help them. I said, they just were so needy. They, need, they were so needy of a person that, that they made everything so much about them that they couldn't take a next step with their mind and their thought press about them. And they were so needy. And a needy person is an unstable person, a person that is troubled within their spirit and and we don't have to be amen if we're weary we can come unto the Lord trust him and find rest and listen to what he says here and the work of righteousness verse 17 of Isaiah 32 and the work of righteousness shall be what peace and the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. Well, I'm going to start out with that last word forever. 
The word forever is not saying that when you have peace, you will have peace forever. Because we know that's not the case, right? Have you ever been where you've been unstable and, and shaken by the events that were going on in your life or what was to come or what's been behind you? That's not what he's saying. He's saying that this is how righteousness works. When righteousness works, it works like this. And it will always work like this. Righteousness wants to produce peace in our life. The chief business, the work, the aim of righteousness is peace. The word peace means wholeness, a soundness, things that are, that are sound, that have integrity with them. There, there's not gaps and holes in it that, that people toss to and fro. You know, you're thinking about this thing, but you're thinking about that thing. You pulled apart in mind. It goes along with what Jesus said in Matthew 6 when we was reading through it. What does Matthew 6.33 say? What is that? That ought to be something you ought to remember. What does it say? Matthew 6.33. What, what is it? Seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? Okay, well, he gave us the basic necessities of everyday living that he says that we should not be tortured about in our mind wondering what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear, or what's going to cover us over our head for our home. Those three things are three things that are, that are basic necessities for, for living, for everyday life. There's a lot of other things we do every day that are not necessities. Are you with me? And, and we find ourselves worried about them. He says, but in essence, there's really, if there's anything that we need to be concerned about and worried about, it's that we're not seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because when we do seek him, it's a revelation of us trusting him. We trust God, trust his way, so we go to him rather than being tortured in our mind, being pulled apart in our mind. Our mind is whole. It's set. It's fixed. It's set on trust in Jesus rather than worrying about this and worrying about that and pulled in several directions. He said, when, when you get in my presence, when you simply trust me and answer my invitation to come, I will, I will give you a, a whole mind full of peace. The aim of, of righteousness is to create peace. Peace in the believer's mind and heart. Peace. How does righteousness do that? Well, it does it two ways. He tells us. It begins to service. The effect. The word effect means to serve. It serves us in two ways. Number one, to produce a quietness and assurance. The word quietness means uh, a sense of stability that we are settled. That we're not disturbed. How many of you ever been trying to sleep and something just keeps bothering you? A little sound or something. How many of you have trouble sleeping these days? Some people say the older you get, the tougher it is to sleep. Is that right? You hear little bitty things, little bitty noises that wake you up. You can't really hear that good, but you, you, you can hear little noises that mess you up. You know, you lose your hearing, but some little bitty things, Ecclesiastes talks about it, in the way that when you get older, you're losing the part of your hearing where you really don't hear what you used to hear, but you start hearing things that you used to not hear. And it affects you on how you sleep. You can't sleep. Things wake you up or whatever it may be. Have you ever had something just bother you? 
I know another day, I, I, I can't remember when it was, um, I was, uh, oh, it was last Saturday. We were supposed to leave last Saturday to go to Louisiana to preach, and for whatever reason, we didn't leave. And I said, well, if we're not just leaving right now, Stephanie was doing something, I'm going, football game was on. And you know, some some sweet sleep happens when a football game's on. I don't know about y'all, but I can turn a football game on, and, and I can hear it going on in the background a little bit, and I can go doze off. And, uh, and I, was, I was snoozing pretty good, um, knowing I had a, a, a busy day the next day and, and the following days of preaching. And I was going to take a little bit of nap, and then the phone rang. Which, that's no problem. Phone rings all the time. I heard Stephanie talking. She hung the phone up. Then the phone rang again. I heard her talking. She hung it up. Then the phone rang again. And I finally said, who in the world keeps calling you? Can you not get it straight the first time? You know, it's bothering me. I was wanting to take a nap. It wasn't, it wasn't quiet. It was, it, was, it was unstable. The conditions wasn't prime. All I wanted was a football game going, not a phone ringing. Well, it, it got me out of my routine. I just got up and said, forget it. And uh, I was not settled. Quietness means to be undisturbed. Righteousness serves the believer so that he is undisturbed by the circumstances and the situation that he's in in life. And then he gets an assurance, a steadfast confidence that God has things under control. And when we are undisturbed and settled and we are steadfast and confident of what God is doing and the promises he's given us, whatever they may be, for whatever situation they may be, what that does is give us a peace. It gives peace in our life, assurance, settledness. He eases us of the things that we have to face. He refreshes us and gives us rest. By granting us peace. Because when you lack peace, you're going to be unsettled in your spirit. You're going to be disturbed with the circumstances and the situation. You'll start fretting over what the possibilities may be. And you start, it starts reflecting in how you do things, how you conduct yourself. And you lack confidence and you lack assurance and therefore, you, you begin to look at the things you see rather than trusting the one that you do not see is taking him at his word. And Jesus said, when we get in his presence and simply trust him, he sets us at ease. And when we set at ease, he can refresh us. How many of you ladies ever go and get a massage? Some of you men may have been and got one before too. I, I've never been myself. But they say when you go get a, a and Stephanie's always massaging my feet and my hands, and, and she, she does that for me. And I, I like, last night, matter of fact, I had a massage in my hand. I just like it. It's just comfortable. I, I, I like that. But how many of you ever had the massage before? Does it put you at ease? When you walk away from a massage, you need to really, they say you really need to go get some sleep, right? Where is it just you're tired? It just puts you in that state of mind. Of, of just being at ease. It relaxes you. And that's what a simple idea of, of being in the presence of Jesus doesn't put us where we just want to do nothing. It refreshes us where we're ready for whatever task he's given us. The 
authenticity. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to be anxious about it. We don't have to torture ourselves about it. Come to me and I will put you at ease. I will refresh you from the weariness of the toil of whatever it is that's, that's taking your focus and attention away. So we've got to answer that invitation to intimacy. It's all about being with him, trusting him, fellowshipping with him, being with him, talking to him, praying. Every hour I what? I need thee. Calm. Confident spirit. Don't you like being around people who are confident in what they're doing? And are settled in their spirit. They just put you at ease when you're with them. They're not, they don't, they're not threatening to you. Uh, they're, they're not taking from you. Matter of fact, people like that are givers. They're always blessing you. They give to you. They help you. It's not like you've got to do something for them. No, they're blessing you. And that's we to be that type of person in the kingdom of God, we've got to spend time with the Lord. Amen. So that we can refresh people, that we can be a blessing to people, that we can help people and encourage people. And when you come across people that are, that are needy and taken, you have something that you can bless them with. You can encourage them and strengthen them. We're going to be filled with that. That's going to happen in most part of our lives of having to serve people is meeting the needs of the weary. Amen? That's just part of it. That's what we've been called to do. But to do it effectively, we have to be at peace. We have to be whole. We have to be refreshed and at ease with, with what we've been called to do. If not, it's going to take advantage of us. And it's going to manipulate us. And before you know it, you ever heard those terms? I'm just burnt out. I'm just, I'm just fed up with it. I'm exhausted. I'm tired of it. I'm not going to do this anymore. People are just taking advantage of me and people are abusing me and misusing me. And, and I don't want to do it no more. I'm just going to hide away and not, I'm not going to even talk to anybody no more. You see, that's never been the intention of the disciple, amen, of what God designed us for. He wants to refresh us so we always have something to give away. And we don't do it drudgingly. We do it lovingly with compassion. Why? Because the second part is, is that we have to appropriate this, this yoke that Jesus is, is referring to. Take upon, take my yoke upon you. He refers to his yoke as being easy, and he refers to it as being light, a burden that's light. He says in verse 30, listen, go back to Matthew, if you would, chapter 11. Look in verse 30 as he refers to this yoke. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word easy here speaks of it fits well. It, it, it's, it's been designed to fit upon you well. It's not something that's going to uh, harm you or hurt you or burden you. Some of you that have deer hunted before, you ever been in a stand that just was an awkward sitting stand that was, when you sat in it, you was either humped over or bent over? I mean, you did what you had to do because you was hunting a particular deer, so you sacrifice uh, those couple of hours of discomfort whenever you hunt it. Um, but but you, 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 you would have to do what you need to do. You know what I'm talking about, ladies. You, some of you ladies wear shoes that you need to burn and throw away. Yeah, they pretty, they look good, but I know they kill your feet. And you sacrifice 
to, to put them shoes on and you wear them. And uh, when you get home, you, matter of fact, when you're in the car on the ride home, you done kicked them off. And Kate, right now, any shoe that'll fit is good, right? Jesus says that his yoke, and a yoke is designed for labor. It's designed, you know as well as I do, it's designed to be put on a team of, bur of a beast of burden to do a work. And he's saying, take that yoke that I, that, that is my yoke, it fits well, and it has been designed for you, and you yoke up with me, and it won't be, it won't be something that is difficult for you to bear. Yes, it's not going to be an easy task, but the yoke is not going to be bothersome to you in the service. It's not going to be a problem. You'll take it upon you. Why? Because what has been given for me to wear, Jesus is saying, he says, I, I, my yoke was designed by God, my Father. And because it was designed, it was specifically designed, it fits me really good. And I don't mind wearing it at all. He even says it like this. Turn to John chapter 14. Look in John 14. Now, this is referring to his yoke. He tells us why he does what he does and why he's going to do what he's doing. And this is the yoke that he had upon him. And he's telling us to take that, that yoke for the service of the kingdom. And when we take it, it will help us and not be a problem for us. Uh, John 14, of course, he's teaching us many great principles about the Spirit of God coming and doing what he's going to do within us. And then he says in these words in verse number 31, notice what he says in verse 31 of John 14. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go from hence. And that's a good word right there. He says, so I do. I do what I do because one, the Father gave me a commandment. That's that yoke that's been put on him. And also that the world may know that I love my Father. You see, when we balance out the fact that God has a commandment for us, he's got a purpose for us, he's got a a will for us to accomplish, a cross for us to bear, and that we want to do it to show the world that we love our Father, but also we have power or commandment to do it, we can put that yoke on us like Christ yoked himself under that, and it will be easy, it will fit well, and the burden that comes with the service will be light. It won't be overbearing that we want to give up halfway down the road. We've got a job to do, a ministry, a service, a labor, a labor of love. And he says, I want to ease you and refresh you so that you can take this yoke upon you and that you too can do what you do so that the world will know that you love your heavenly father and that he's given you a message or a commandment. He's given you a word to walk in and it will be something that fits Amen.
You see, this is where, where refreshing comes. Of knowing. Look in chapter 13 real quick. I think it is chapter 13. Look in, um, look in verse number 3. These things just bless me. This is all part of that peace. It's all part of that, that rest. 13.3. Jesus knowing, emphasizing the word knowing, that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and he went to God, rose up from supper and laid aside his garments and he took a towel and girded himself. You see, when you know where you're from, when you know who you serve, when you know what you've been called to do in that service, it doesn't matter what you have to do or how lowly it may appear. He took up the, the towel and girded himself and, and took a, 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 a bowl of water and started washing the feet of his disciples. I mean, here's the king of glory, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and he didn't think it was too low. That yoke he was bearing wasn't too difficult for him to bear as a burdensome thing to simply wash the dirty feet of those that, that were his friends whom he called to follow him. Why? He knew who he was. He knew what he was supposed to do. He knew where he came from and he knew where he was going. So the task that was before him wasn't a problem for him. He wanted the world to know that he loved his father and that his father had given him That's a yoke. That's easy to bear when you know. Amen. That's where rest and refreshing and ease comes from. Knowing who you belong to. Knowing where you came from. Knowing where you're going. And knowing who you're serving. Sure makes it easy to serve the difficult and those that are joy to serve. It doesn't matter, amen? Because you are at ease. You are at rest. You are at peace. You are assured of who you are and what he's doing with you, and you have no trouble taking that kind of yoke on to serve again. Well, he said, come. You've got to answer that invitation. He says, take. We have to appropriate that intentionalness to take a hold of that yoke in faith. And then three, back in Matthew, before we close, I think he says that we need to learn, learn from him. Learn from him. He said, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and I will give rest for you. So he uses a different word, rest, there. It's the same same family of a word, but it's a different Greek word that he used. Uh, and it has the idea of recreation. I'll give you recreation. What is recreation to you? How many of you like to hunt? Raise your hand. That would be a recreation. How many of you like playing volleyball or, or baseball or basketball? How many of you like knitting? That wouldn't be recreation to me. Some people have a hobby. They like knitting. That would drive me crazy. Are you with me? If, if, if I had to knit something, 
something tedious, you know, like a, like a, a, a quilt or, or an afghan or something like that, I, that w I would not be stress-free. That would bother me. Wouldn't it bother you, Bill? You see, but something that you think is recreational and something that I think is recreational can be two totally different things. What you think is pleasant, like Brandon. Brandon, he, 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 he likes fooling with uh, uh, these duck calls and making stuff with wood. That's just, that, that wouldn't be something that was recreational to me. I don't think I would enjoy that as much as he would. It would create more stress on me. One, because I, I really wouldn't know exactly what I was doing. Some people are better at doing things like that. Some people have fun doing things like that. And normally when you're not good at something, you don't have fun at it. Are you with me? Right? Am I wrong? Our recreations normally go over with something that we can do, that we like to do, and that we have fun in doing because we can do it. And it, and it is recreation to us. So in light of that, what is it? It's, it's normally stress-free. If your recreation is calling stress in your life, you need, to, you need to find something else to do, amen? Really. What Jesus is telling us is that when we learn from Him, though, when we learn from Him who is meek and lowly at heart, He says, I will bring you into a place, not only will I refresh and ease you, being in my presence so that you can take upon this yoke. But when you learn from me, when you apply what I teach you, you will live and walk stress-free in this ministry that I've called you to walk with me in, stress-free. Now, not that you won't go into stressful situations, but you will learn from me how to be stress-free in the situations. He's a perfect example of that, learning and walking with him. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12, and let's see. Stress-free on your soul. Not that your body may not be stressed out, exhausted, worn, being spent for the glory of God, but your soul will be stress-free in what he's given you to do. Kind of like the Apostle Paul sitting in the jail, and he calls back to the church when he's at Colossae, and he writes to them. He's done been beaten, and he's abused, and, and, and his body is, is, is more likely fatigued in some ways, but he asked the church to pray that God would open more doors for the Word. The very thing that got him in prison, he's asking them to open up. Why? His soul is stress-free. When he's at Philippi and he's praying, him and Silas are in the prison at midnight after being beaten and, and, and being bloody and, and down in a dungeon of darkness and they praising God because of what he's doing and those prisoners are listening in. Do you think he was fatigued and physically strained and his body was potentially wore out from doing what he was doing? Yes, he was wounded, he was hurt, but his soul was stress-free. He was giving glory to God where he was at and what God was doing. And God showed up in a, in a wonderful way and done a wonderful miracle. And look in chapter 12, we see the example with Jesus. Verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily 
besets us, that gets us off course, that, that gets us troubled in spirit, that, that doesn't settle us and give us a peace, it, it makes a problem for us, and let us run with patience the race that is to be set before us. Another word, the yoke that God has given us to accomplish. Looking on the Jesus, that first word look there means to stay focused on Jesus, to fix our eyes on him, to gaze upon him. The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross, despising, or that is to say, taking lightly the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3 says, for consider him, that word means to measure up, measure your life next to him, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself for fear you be what? Wearied and faint in your minds. Mm. Learn from Jesus. Learn from Jesus. Measure things up next to him for fear you become what? Weary in mind. You see, Jesus wasn't stressed over what people were doing to him, was he? They beat him, spit on him, mocked him, abused him, lied, cheated, stole, unwanted, misunderstood him. But did that, did that stress him in his journey to the cross? Why? Because he wanted the world to know who he loved. That he had a command from God to do what he called to do. Isaiah 50 says that he did what he did because he trusted his father. And he knew his father would not let him down. He would not be discouraged and moved off course because he put his confidence in his father. Jesus said, come to me. Take my yoke. Not only will I ease your spirit, but I'll put you in a situation where you can serve my Father, you can serve me, in your spirit being stress-free in the journey, no matter what you have to face, no matter what people throws at you, no matter how abused or unwanted or misused, you can do it and not find yourself weary on the journey. Amen? Rest doesn't come from rest. It comes from answering an invitation to trust Jesus. From appropriating his yoke and from applying what he teaches us. How we live his life is where we find rest in our spirit. Amen. Let him be the glory. How many of you want it? We all need it. Amen. Seeking. Submit to it. Serve and share what you learn.